welcome to our Mindset Matters podcast where we will be discussing the importance of mindset in the workplace. And this follows on from our Now More Than Ever campaign where I chatted with industry leaders on how they've been navigating the way through the global pandemic. And the importance of mindset came out as one of the key themes which we're going to explore in more depth today. And today I'm joined by the brilliant Larry Tampkins from Beams International and Larry's the Business Systems and People Director. So welcome Larry. Thank you very much, hello. Thanks for joining us today and it'd be really helpful if maybe you shared a little bit about yourself and the organisation you work within just to to start the podcast off and then we'll get into the uh, into the mindset matters topics in a little bit more depth so explain a little bit more about yourself first. Okay yeah so um, Larry Tompkins um, as you say I'm the business systems and people director here at Beams. Um, My background is uh, very much in a sort of customer-facing IT role. Uh, I've worked for a number of organizations like Vodafone, uh, Capgemini, um, Brakes, Brothers who are a big food service organization um, before as well. Um, my history has always, as I said, worked in, working in IT, but, but mainly how IT can deliver value to the business um, and working with our internal and in some cases external customers. Um, I was lucky enough that with some of my roles, certainly Capgemini and Brakes, um, I started to get quite heavily involved in the L&D side of things, um, in coaching and mentoring and things like that. And, and that's kind of extended now with Beams. Um, we, we took the decision quite recently, in fact, to sort of formalise our HR function or our people function, as, as I prefer to call it. Um, uh, it. It's something that the company, it's a very small company, I'll, I'll talk about them in a second, um, but it's something that, that we recognise as we grow our next, next stage of growth, if you like. Um, we need to have something internally that is supporting our people more directly in terms of learning and development um, and growth, um, talent acquisition, that sort of thing. And, and to do that, we, we historically have used um, third-party companies quite heavily. But um, with my background, um, the, the board were keen that I uh, sort of took up that mantle. So, so yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell. Lots of consulting experience and, and more recently, um, the sort of L&D coaching and mentoring and, and now a sort of fully-fledged, almost, uh, people director as well. Brilliant. So, that uh, sounds so, yeah. fabulous for business yeah, systems and people director. Definitely. That keeps you uh, definitely um, a, a broad role is probably yeah. an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> quite big hat. <laughs> <laughs> quite a big hat. Um, so tell me a bit more about Beams International. So some of our listeners may not even know who Beams are. Yeah, and that's no surprise because, frankly, I didn't before I joined them. So, um, Beams International, we're, we're one of the UK's leading suppliers of um, high-quality, bespoke uh, food and alcohol gifting packages. So, um, we major on branded products as a business. So, we, we work in partnership with a lot of category-leading brands um, and, and deliver primarily to the retail market. Um, we create about six and a half million gift packs a year, um, we, and we focus, as I said, mainly on licensed products with brand partners. Um, we do about 80% of our revenue is alcohol gifting, but the last couple of years we've seen a real growth in the food and lifestyle markets, and that's reflected in some of the brand partners we now work with. So we focus on Bailey's, Guinness, Smirnoff, uh, Gordon's Gin, Famous Grouse, Jack Daniels, that sort of thing from an alcohol perspective. But as I said, more recently, uh, Twining's Tea, Sesame Street, Swizzles, uh, Only Fools and Horses, uh, <laughs> all that sort of thing. Um, but we, we do a lot of work with um, private label gifting with the top four grocers as well. Um, as a business, just we have a, a sales team. We do our own product development. We, one of our USPs um, is actually we've got a fully integrated design studio. So a lot of our competitors will outsource their design work. 
um, but, but we do it internally. So that means we can sit down with our brand partners and discuss literally from concept all the way through to development. We then also have sort of vertical integration as well because we have a sourcing office um, for a lot of the procurement for the components that go into the packs in Hong Kong. Um, and in Ely in Cambridgeshire, we actually have our own um, packing facility as well that has 10 production lines, uh, two or three bottling lines, um, and, and all of our packs, or the vast majority of our packs, go there to be packed um, and then sent on to, for example, Tesco, Asda, etc., um, in time for, for Christmas or, or the, the main seasonal seasonal work that we do. So, uh, yeah, so that, that, that seems as a... In, in a much so I would yeah. imagine it's a really busy time for you. I would imagine Christmas then and, and yeah. Easter, Mother's Day, but I would imagine Christmas is probably the Christmas biggest, is, isn't it? Christmas is really the big one, and, and it's really bizarre because I, over the course of my career, I've worked a lot of places, and, and Christmas seems to get earlier and earlier. At a break um, with the, the, food, the food wholesalers, you know, we were talking about Christmas, um, you know, restaurants and things are planning their Christmas menus in, in July. Um, you know, we're, we're taking orders for Christmas 21 already. Um, so we're almost 12, we're sort of 13 months, 14 months ahead, um, which is uh, which is a, a, a quite a concept to get your head around. So, I so, thought yeah, you were going to say, but not this year. Everybody's uh, everybody's leaving it to the last minute, but but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 we're, we're seeing we we haven't been hit as hard as we thought we could be. We, we were extremely concerned earlier in the year. Um, one of the benefits we have is that a large part of our revenue comes from the grocers who, of course, are allowed to stay open at the moment. And, and with people being worried about what will they get to do for, for Christmas shopping, you know, the, the fact that there's an abundance of high quality gifting, um, on the, on the shelves is, is good news, you know. So we're seeing, we're seeing quite good numbers still. We, you know, it, it's not all and it's not all done yet, but we're looking not, not too bad. We certainly could have been a, a much worse year for us, but luckily, touch wood so far, we're okay. Touching on recent times, then, what have been yeah. the greatest learnings you've had? You know, I'm sure, exactly as you said, you didn't know how this year was going to pan out, but already you're planning for 2021 Christmas, yeah, um, yeah. which is brilliant. You know, what this year's been a year like no other, and let's hope like no other again. What have been your greatest learnings? Because it feels that, you know, when I speak to people on the podcast, there's been some, you know, really fabulous positive learnings, but then there's been some really tough, challenging times. So it's been, feels like a year of extremes. So how's it, how's it been for you at Beams? Yeah, I think that's probably a really good way to describe it. A, a year of extremes. You know, it's been a really, I've heard that, I've heard the term Corona coaster uh, <laughs> a few times. Um, and I think it's very much like that. You know, it's been it's been up and down, and you know we're sort of doing the, the lockdown hokey cokey over the past few months as well. You know, we're we're in, we're out, we're back to the office, we're not in the office. Um, it, it's been a real challenge, and I think you know your your now more than ever series has been was, was fantastic because it really highlighted some of the challenges in the middle of it. Now you know now we're in a position where you know we got some level of clarity saying you know the next. For four four weeks, we're going to be locked down, and so we were able to deal with that a little bit better. I think a lot of the uncertainty um, that we had in the first few first few months of Corona, because just genuinely no one knew what you know what the hell was going on. Um, it, it has been really uh, extreme, and I think the greatest learning I think is if you think you've got everything covered, you haven't. Um, and, and then I think you know you have to. I think one of the things that we've learned. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've experienced that everyone has experienced and we certainly learned from is there's always something else you haven't thought of. And, and I'm not suggesting, therefore, you have to go out and plan for every eventuality because, frankly, you can't. What it shows is that you have to have a level of adaptability and, and think, name, you know, words like resilience 
um, are sometimes often overused. But that, that's been the biggest thing, I think, for us as an organisation, for our management, for, our, for the board members, but, but for every member of our, our staff and all of our colleagues, who, you know, being able to, to deal with the uncertainty just on and on and on and not really knowing where it's going. You know, people have really had to dig deep into their own sort of personal reserves of, of resilience to make sure that we get through. And, and we're delivering, you know, as I said, not actually, we, we had some unfortunate uh, situation earlier in the year. We had to let some people go. Um, but it could have been a lot worse, genuinely. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's, it's, it's like digging deep. Um, but I think, I think the biggest learning to, to answer your question is you haven't got everything covered. But that's not necessarily a problem. What you need to be able to do is react to it when it when it becomes apparent what was missed or what what you weren't expecting. You can then react to it. Yeah, and I think I think you know you repeat a point that so many say in terms of digging deep resilience and um, you know we can still we have to dig a bit deeper to find those brilliant things the positives but they are there and and it's taking I suppose joy in things that once over we would have taken for granted I guess so it is about this year it's 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 not a year of of normal so it is about digging deep and resilience I think is a a really important word and 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 you know for some people it's really challenging to to access their resilient reserves so it's um you know, it's a really interesting one. So thank you for sharing that. And and in terms of mindset, so how has mindset played a key part for both yourself and, you know, your colleagues, your teams? Yeah, I think the one of the other things that kind of ties into the previous question as well is, is when you're struggling to find those, those reserves, when you're struggling, you know, when you say, you know, God, how, how deep have I got to dig to find, to find the next reserve of resilience? You're like, um, I think it's celebrating the small victories. I think, you know, if you have a mindset um, approach that says actually no positive is too small to recognise, you know, that, that can really help. And, and I think in, in terms of mindset as well, recognising that we are all different. And, and I know that that is a very, very cliched term, but, or a cliched phrase, but, you know, the way that this has impacted everybody in our business. I mean, we have, as I said, we're a small family business. Um, there's about 35, 37 of us in, in head office in, in Raynham in Kent. Um, I would say if you ask everybody how this has affected them, you would get close to 35 different answers. Some will be similar and there'll be themes that are shared, but recognizing that even if you're comfortable, you know, I come from a, a consulting background, so I'm used to I mean, I'm used to working out dimly lit hotel rooms all night and things, you know, when we've got bids on and things. But a lot of people aren't used to working from home. A lot of people aren't used to actually taking over your dining room table if you're, if you're lucky enough to have the space for one or, you know, a, a, a small table in front of the, the, the sofa in the worst case in, in the living room. People just aren't used to dealing with that. You know, work is a stable environment. Work is a fun environment. Work is a, a place where you get to see people and, and have that human connection. And and recognising that that just isn't the case for everybody and, and, and working from home suddenly can put you in a massively isolated um, position. You know, I think that the mindset change has to be, has to really be thinking about all of our colleagues all of the time. And, and you know, it's never been more, more important to consider how you say things, how you go about things, how you request time from people. You really have to appreciate what they're going through. It's not just about, you know, at the end of the day, work has invaded everybody's personal lives now. You know, it used to be that you'd leave your house and you'd go to work and then you'd come home from work. Um, and, and that gave you that kind of delineation between the two. 
and now that just isn't the case because you know you go downstairs and you start work you know and and and, and that puts everybody in different challenges you know different situations as well so i think that the mindset piece for me has has been it's been really important to consider how your what you're doing is affecting your colleagues around you and and really having some some understanding of what trying to understand what they're going through and, and they may not be as comfortable as you in, in the new situation and, and you know what appears to be our new normal um yeah i think that's, I think that's really a bit important. rambling but no, <laughs> I think, I think that's know. really important and you're clearly describing emotional intelligence leadership aren't you emotional intelligent leadership leadership because you know, having an empathetic mindset towards people's individual situations because everybody has a different situation and, and tuning into that. And, and, and again, that's where you need to a bit dig deeper again when you've just got a screen between you both as opposed to that face-to-face contact. So I totally understand that. And, and it, you know, it sounds like you've got it nailed in terms of recognizing what's required from from yourself and the team so that's brilliant and in terms of going forward i mean i know well no let's let's have a quick think about maybe lockdown one versus lockdown two have you felt differences there um yes i think so i I think there was almost um there was almost a kind of a, a perverse excitement at lockdown one you know it was obviously a very worrying time but there was a lot of energy being being expended in terms of so you know in my situation in, in, in lockdown one i didn't have my um people director hat on at that point um i, I kind of donned that after the after lockdown one and i was purely looking from an it perspective and you know, we, we like many other, you know, as I said, listen to your first series, there's lots of people talking about how quickly IT systems were created to allow people to work from home. We as, we as a business culturally, uh, we, because we have our own creative environment in the office, it, it's always been a position that, that the company said, you know, we, we work from the office. That's where we're based. Our sales team are based there. They're not based from home and out on the field. They, they are based in the office. We, we, we thrive on having that creative environment and PD, you know, our product development people talking to our design people and all that, all that sort of stuff. So nothing, everything, we, we, we were able to very quickly, um, spin up a, an environment that suddenly sort of turned that on its head and we allowed people to work, work from home. Our, um, our design department suddenly went from manual signing off of, of design to an automated, or not an automated, a, a, a system-based one we were using, you know, some of the, some of the tools far more effectively than we've ever used before. And we did that very, very quickly. I mean, I'm talking for the five or six days we, we, we turned the, the company on its head. Um, and so that sort of nervous energy, that sort of, you know, that excitement almost um, of, of getting everything working really drove people first through the first few weeks. We had what a lot of companies did, you know, we had Friday Zoom quizzes and, you know, we sort of did all of that. Lockdown two feels very different to me. There's, it, we're kind of suffering a little bit from it's a phenomenon like change fatigue almost. You know, it's been so uncertain for so long. It's dragging on for so long. It's now the normal drudgery of the day. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just normality now. And that unfortunately brings with it, you know, we will see that. I'm sure other organizations will see it. We'll see bad behaviors creeping back in. You know, you don't get people sort of checking themselves in terms of how we go about things because it's now the normal. You know, we're not dealing with a completely new environment. It's the environment we've been in now for six to nine months. Um, so to me, it feels very different. Um, 
And I think, you know, it, it's even more important to use that. I, I don't know how many times I've count, used it on this, <laughs> this conversation so far, but, you know, digging deep now to sort of recognize, actually, do you know what? I, this is still different. You know, people have been in, we have a very long tenure at work. We've got lots of people who've been there for the five, ten years. This is still very new across that, you know, if you've got someone who's served for ten years, six months out of ten years is not a very long time. So it's still a very new environment in which to work. And we need to be, um, aware of that. So I think lockdown two feels kind of almost the worst combination of familiarity, um, you know, breeding content. You know, it, it's sort of, we're in that position that we're kind of used to it now and we're all kind of bored of it and it doesn't have that impetus to get through it anymore because, you know, some people are talking about, you know, there's not really much of an end in sight. You know, will we be out of lockdown by Christmas? Will we be straight back in in January because it really didn't help? And I just think it's a lot, it's a lot more negative. It's a lot to ask of people, isn't it, in terms of boiling it down to the very human needs and basic needs of being connected with other humans. It's a lot to ask of people. Yeah, if you sort of think about the Maslow hierarchy, you know, we're stripping people back a long way down down the hierarchy because you're just not getting the human contact. And we've got to a point... um, you know, just before lockdown too, that we'd really moved on and we were getting a lot more people back into the office. We were, we, we shifted from, in lockdown one, it, it was very much a case of, we gave everybody access on a day. So we only ever had sort of 10 people in the office that normally hosted up to 40 people. We only had 10 people in, we made sure we had lots of strict distancing, etc. We would gradually ratcheted that up to get to the point where actually people were being encouraged to come back in. Um, and we had people in three, four, five days a week. And it was starting to get that buzz again. And then suddenly it's like, right, everybody back out again. And that, that's just, that's just quite a crushing blow, you know, because people are getting back to seeing everyone and, and, and having that contact. And then we're back again. And it, it, it's difficult. It's tough. It's tough. It's, it's interesting because we've probably had the other way around from a, from a lockdown, from a business perspective. In the first, first lockdown, we were very, you know, our absolute paramount priority was employee well-being. We didn't know what was around the corner. We didn't know what was happening in the world. So to kind of metaphorically speaking, put our arms around the team so it was absolutely vital. And we really, really, you know, really, really had to dig deep there as well. We all, we did come back in the office in sort of when restrictions eased. And, and it felt that that time everybody rebonded even more so than ever. And, and the team was so grateful to be around other people it really it really worked well so we've all kind of skipped off a little bit into lockdown too and and we're really making the most of uh, teams you know we we feel like we're comfortable with it the team of a well bonded trusting and actually i'm feeling lockdown too certainly from us as a business people are don't get me wrong they still can't wait to come back to the office one day but they i'm getting a real strong sense of um People are really cracking on, but but feeling connected as if not quite as if you're in the office, but but nearly nearly as good. So uh, we've got um, yeah, it, we've felt a really, and I think it's also because you know we're gaining masses of momentum with um, you know people recognizing how important coaching is now more than ever, and we get those messages which which absolutely fuels the team. You know the team are, are so proud and passionate to be involved in something that can make a difference to so many um, p- 
people and organisations and the, the message is getting out there. I think that's actually keeping them, it's back to that boiling it down to having a real purposeful and meaningful roles to, to feel like you're making a difference. So don't get me wrong, I think people are, um, are, are certainly itching to get beyond, you know, into the new 2021 with new era new vaccine new everything um but you're right so many people are struggling we've we've recently launched something called a winter well-being toolkit to help people because the the conversations i've certainly been having with so many people have been this feels darker it feels gloomier it feels like there's no end in sight um and and people have just had enough so you know we've put things together to support because it, it breaks my heart when I hear of conversations where you know people are just oh it's heartbreaking Larry to be honest listening to some of the conversations so it sounds like you've had I suppose a bit of a year of two halves there the, the extremes the, the that nervous energy and now that kind of when when is this gonna when when are we moving forward yeah yeah, absolutely. And in terms of going forward then, so, you know, let's move forward to that brighter future, which which there will be one, and it is on the way. <laughs> it's got to be there somewhere, hasn't it? It's, it's going to be there, uh, for sure. Um, what do you think will be, need to be different in, in your workplace? What are you going to embrace um, from the learnings? Yeah, I mean, as I said at the beginning, you know, one of, one of, the, one of the changes we've made is to sort of trying to bring the, bring the HR function or the, the people function to the fore and, and, and definitely investing more time in our people and, and how we build structured development and things like that and I, I think for me it's recognizing that you know we, we did some really good stuff there, there's no question about that we did some really good stuff at the beginning um, and we were slightly we were a little bit ahead of the curve we we have as I said we have a sorting office in the far east um, I, I belong to a, a, a couple of UK sort of IT leadership groups um, and who are, you know, some of the people there are, are multinational. So they were getting the messages out of, out of the Far East and how it was affecting over there. And we, we kind of got to a position a little bit early, ready to, to make a move if we needed to, which kind of puts the head of the curve. So we did do some good stuff up front, but we've also missed a lot of, you know, we, we've not communicated. We, we thought we'd done really well. And it turns out we hadn't done quite as well as we thought, you know, as, as a board. I think we were, we felt we'd really tackled it and we really got the ball by the horns. And some of the feedback was, you know, we needed a bit more of this or we needed a bit more of that. I think one of the things that I hopefully can bring to, to the role and to the organization um, is with my consulting background, things like, you know, closed loop feet, closed feedback loops and things like that, you know, bringing back, really taking the learnings and actually acting on them. So, so recognizing, you know, when we've got some communication that we need to share with the organization, how is best to do it? You know, is it a combination of, Zoom call isn't getting everybody on the call together, making sure it's recorded for the few people who can't make it because there will always be some um, for various reasons that, that they can get it fresh, you know, actually hear the recording, not just a, a summarized transcript in an email, but, but actually watch it as if they were there, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I, I think there's definitely some learnings from there. I think constantly sort of relentlessly checking that you've got every, as much covered as you possibly can and not sort of thinking, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that. You know, challenge yourself. What, what else have I missed? What else have I missed? Because as I said, you know, this, I think one of the big things I've learned is some of the people who, you know, look, look the strongest in the office are, you know, the, the, the loudest or the most vocal are, are, are sort of, you know, the, the, the ones who really look sorted actually are sometimes some of the ones that this sort of thing affects most. And, and people that you didn't consider needed that extra bit of support might need that that extra bit of support. And I think it's that sort of thing that that we need to consider moving forward. Is is you know 
we hopefully won't have another situation like this. So let's not miss the opportunity to learn from it and, and make sure that we can really build on, on everything we do in the future. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's a case of just making sure we do pick up the learning things. Like as I said, like you know, when you when you put into together the big comms programs, making sure you've got everybody engaged, recognizing that just because a Zoom quiz works for you on a Friday doesn't mean everybody wants to do that, but they still want to remain remain in contact with their colleagues. So how else can you tackle it? You know, that sort of thing. It, it, the one size fits all definitely definitely isn't true, and, and making sure that you include everybody. I think do you know what I mean. Taking a huge positive from this year is that you know for oh, the conversations I'm genuinely having with people I've, I've really been focused on people and no matter what the role of the individual I'm speaking to the same sort of themes that you're discussing in terms of you know individual one size doesn't fit all really carefully considering you know what people need from the organization it feels that things that we've said in the past and we've known to be true are actually it's been proven this year and and that gives me real i suppose real hope for the future that you know from 2020 if we take some learnings out of this corona coaster of a year that wow we could really make a difference from a a cultural perspective in so many places you know because I think even the most hardened of um, leaders have, have, have been boiled down to basics of human needs and that's what we're dealing with when we're dealing with our people every day. Yeah and I think one way I started thinking about it and, and genuinely is as you say one of the lessons we talk about this sort of thing day in day out and it proves Frankly, it proves that often we just pay lip service to it. We, we trot out some, some, some fairly trite sentences and, and, and that's, that's it covers it. So for example, from my consulting background, you know, one of the things you always talk about is know your audience, make sure you're prepped, know what, know your audience, know what they want to hear. But then we so often would consider, so if we think about being where I am now, there's, as I said, 35 people in head office, it's very, very easy to consider your audience as an audience, an, an audience of 35. Actually, I have 35 audiences of one. And that, that's the difference for me. That's what I've learned from, from, from this year is I can't put out a message that talks to 35 people in a single communication. I have to consider, I'm not suggesting I send out 35 individual emails either, but what you do need to do is make sure that where, you know, you have somebody who may be slightly more withdrawn or slight, you know, and typically extremes of behavior is a good guideline, I believe. Um, I'm sure there's some psychologists out there who would either agree or disagree. But, you know, if you've got people who particularly go one way or another, either very withdrawn or very vocal, there'll be something behind that. There'll be a reason for that. And, and understanding that and how you need to not necessarily change your overall message, but bolster your message in, in that direction. It's important to understand that. But yeah, for me, as I said, it's a danger of, a, of another trite sentence, but yeah, it, it, it's not an audience of 35, it's 35 audiences of one. It's, it's absolutely something I'm, I've got to consider moving forward. I love that. That's that's brilliant. And and you know what? Whenever I've worked on change programs and actually, you know, I suppose advising organisations that one size doesn't fit all and actually to consider comms and engagement more than whatever you're trying to change the comms and engagement of the change is is one of the most important things and and to get it right and really 
tap into hearts and minds is so important and that was a huge learning I had a number of years ago um, on when I was working as part of a, the, the people side of change and, it, and it, it's so important so that's exactly you know this year has been no different it's just perhaps um, exaggerated it I think this year is definitely exaggerated what we've all craved always but you know this year it's it's really brought it to the fore so in terms of that what will you expect you know you talk about communication what will you expect further of your leaders and managers um I would hope that in in the you know one of the comments I made earlier is it's all affected everybody in different ways you know as leaders and managers we we get these badges, but it doesn't make us, in most cases, it doesn't make us any less human. So, you know, I would hope that I would, I would, I would expect our our leaders and managers to to recognise how they've been impacted, and and how they've felt at times when they've felt isolated or confused or just lacking that little bit of clarity, and just think about how that affects their teams and 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 sort of how it's very easy when we're. You know, we are a very seasonal business, as you identified. You know, the, the sort of September to December, for, for a large part of our organisation, is literally running around with the hair on fire, which is massively busy. But you have to be able to take a step out of that and recognise that some of your team will need your time more than ever at that point. And although you're busy and you're under pressure, you know, that's, that's what being, you know, in a leadership role is about. You know, it's about being, you have to find the time to step out of that incredibly busy period and, and give somebody 10, 15, in some cases only 10, 15 minutes quality time to sit down and check they're all right and, and give them that support. And, and, you know, we're all busy. We're all running around a lot. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean your requirement is any less important or their requirement is any less important, you know. So I, I think for me, it, it, I would like to think that our, our, our leadership and our management and all our colleagues really will, will, will consider this year, as you say, a year of extremes but if that doesn't help us recognise how we need to change our behaviours, then, then frankly nothing will. Oh, I think if, if you come out, if you come out of this year and don't learn anything from it and don't Oof. take the, take a second, take a breath, um, you know, before you deal with situations, then you know, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what you need to do <laughs> to make that change. You know, I think it's uh, so. Yeah, I think in terms of my leadership, uh, our leadership team, our managers. I think it's being able to recognise that actually that, that half a second for when you get asked a question when you're at your busiest, it's not, a, I'm too busy, I'm, I, can I just, it's actually, why is that question being asked? Is it genuinely they've got a question about the, pro, the, the challenge they've got in front of them or is there something underlying? And, and you know, I think it's taken that time to recognise that. I, I would like to think that this year, is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bring that out to people. Um, obviously, as part of our coaching culture call, what what will it mean to coaching in your organisation, and you know how important do you see coaching? I I, I think coaching is critically important. Um, I think it's really really important. One of the things that we need to do as a business um, is is really strengthen our um, our people processes. You know the the way that we review our people, the way that we develop our people, the way that we um, you know, I'd like to see. Co- we, we don't really coach at the moment. I think it's fair to say. I don't think it's an area that we we um, we excel at at all. Um, I think it's definitely an opportunity for us. We're, we're looking at how we can formalise, as I said, our, our people development. And to me, there's, there's there's two ways you can go. You can kind of go the traditional, very structured frameworks, and, and you know, these are your targets and how you're doing, and all. Or we kind of benefit that we're starting from the ground up. So. We can actually start, you know, it's not a case of how do we fit coaching into our current people management. It's 
how do we build coaching at the core of it? And, and, and that's the approach that, um, that I want to try and bring, bring to the organization and say, okay, it is coaching. Now what's the question? You know, that, 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 that's kind of how we need to, how we need to tackle it. And, you know, one of my big targets for next year, um, as well as delivering a fairly significant system typical is, is the, is the people development side. And, and absolutely I see coaching at the core of that. Um, and as I said, it's a, you know, it's a, a slightly easier job for me than some of the other people I know you've spoken to because we don't have particularly strong frameworks in place at the moment. We have some, nothing, nothing dramatic. And, and I think we, it, it gives us a real opportunity um, to start with, with coaching at the core and, uh, and moving up from there. It really does. And, and you, you know, I, yeah, that sounds fabulous because... It's a really exciting opportunity, Jeff. It really is. It, it, it so is. And for me, honestly, the more and more people I speak to, Larry, it's like coaching is is the silver bullet of conversations and you know I get people saying to me you know coaching is the way we communicate now this is this is how we do things you know we ask questions we empower others we trust we you know we build you know build trust with others we build their resilience we focus on the well-being and, and it's through showing empathy and it's all the things that coaching conversations have um and, you know, I'm on a mission at the minute to, to get rid of some of the myths linked to coaching so that people don't fear it and actually embrace it. And, and you know, and absolutely get it out there as much as possible so, so that it becomes the way rather than something that's done over there in a corner somewhere. It's actually yeah, yeah. it's the way we communicate. Yeah. And, and, and as I said, I think that, that's the real opportunity that we have is because it's not tucked away in a corner at the moment because it'll be something new and but if we can build it from the core and build it from the ground up it we just you know instill it from from, from the word go and that's the that's the direction i think we need to try and take brilliant well it certainly sounds like you've had a um an interesting year i don't always like the word <laughs> interesting but you've had a, a yeah a, I, I, what's the what would what would be the one word to describe the year then larry because interesting is probably not the best word Crikey, that, that's, that's possibly the most difficult question you've asked me. I think you know it, it's been exciting. I exciting. think it, it, it actually, I think it is a good one. You know, we, as I said right at the beginning, um, you know, you have to celebrate the small victories. And you know what? We've had an awful lot of them. We, we've we've had a lot of challenges as well, but we've had an awful lot of small victories that that have built to a point that. We're not doing, you know, as, as badly as perhaps we were worried about at the beginning of the year. We've had a, a reasonable year. Um, the impacts haven't been as dramatic as they could have been. Uh, and we're still going and we're still pushing and, you know, we've still got people smiling in the office. And for me, you know, that, that makes it, it's been an exciting year. We've got through it and 2021 will be better, you know, so. And what a year yeah, to take exciting. on the role of people director. Well, it was exciting enough for me to say yes to that. So, yeah. <laughs> Would you be a people director in a global pandemic? Well, what else am I going to achieve in my career if that's not what I do? So, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly, exactly. If that doesn't drive you to it, it's definitely <laughs> Well done, you. So, if there was one thing you wanted to share with others to really, you know, help them think about how they're going to bring their organisation along for the future, what would be a, the one thing? Ooh, um, Okay, you know, I said that was the last. The last question was the most difficult. I think that's possibly. I've said a lot. I've said a lot of things. That I think, you know, you, you can't go with one size fits all. And if you really think you're not, you probably are somewhere. You, do, you see what I mean? I, I think you, you really need to challenge that you're really addressing the point for as many people as possible um, at, the, at the lowest level. 
and, and no 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 victory is too small to ignore. I think you know that that's that's the one thing this year is you know it's it, it's been you have to celebrate the small stuff as well as the big stuff, and and that will genuinely keep keep the motivation going, keep people engaged. Um, because it will be it will be a big thing for somebody, even if it's not massive to you. Um, so yeah, I think that those those couple of things I would say. This is what is, I'm is finding when I ask this question. What is the one thing I do tend to get two or three? So I'm, I'm pretty sure I listened to a podcast one of yours earlier. I think someone dropped it out about four or five. So yeah, I don't I think, think I'm too bad. With I three. think I'm, I'm going to need to change the question to what are your top three tips? Because then somebody yeah, might what, give me one or two. Three? What's your top three? Go with that. Brilliant. So yours is about one size not fitting all, thinking about, you know, how you communicate to people um, and absolutely celebrating those small victories. Yeah, because they won't be small to everyone. Some, for some people, some of those things will be massive. Yeah, super. Oh, Larry, thanks so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed it. No problem it's, at all. Thank you. It's taken us a while to get onto this podcast between the both of us. Yes, it has, but I'm <laughs> glad we did. I'm certainly <laughs> glad we did. Thanks again. And Again, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please do tune into the next one because we really do know that mindset matters now more than ever. Thank you.